What is up, members of the Izone, and welcome back to another episode of Impact Izone, Season 6, Episode 20. It's been a while since we last did a podcast, but that's because we're on the roll. We've been traveling back to back. We went from Chicago, and now we are live coming at you in Des Moines, Iowa here for the NCAA tournament. And I got, of course, the usual cast of Kyle Turk, Joey Ellis, joining me for episode 20 here in Des Moines, right in the hotel room. It's been a minute since we've we've done a mobile uh, podcast on the road. I like it. It's a big time holiday in <laughs> downtown. Uh, you can't beat it. Lovely Des Moines, which right now is looking pretty, <laughs> pretty crappy, I will say. It was very beautiful in the middle of the day, and now all of a sudden it just looks like a, a gray mess. Man, that's uh, that's, t- that's a tough weather take there. Always have to incorporate the weather, don't we? <laughs> what? The sun went down? It's getting dark outside of here like it's crap. It's what just it? the time of day. It's 7.31, it? you know? It's when the sun goes down. <laughs> Turk is... Tough take. <laughs> Turk's battling for food or something today. I don't, I don't know what's <laughs> his deal. All weekend. We've struggled all weekend. We've, I've been getting past it. I don't know. I had... Drake's Diner this morning ate a nice tall stack of pancakes. was absolutely fire. Filled the belly up. But either way, we're here to talk some basketball. And joining us on the pod this time, they're joining us in Des Moines. They were there with us for Chicago. They came on as special guests. But from Focal Point, Michael Epps and Griffin Stroin in the house. Thank you for having us. Yeah, really excited to be on the pod. Pod, pod. Pod, 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 yes it is. Griffin's just a little nervous to be on the pod. But, of course, Season 6, Episode 20, it's big time, winning time for Michigan State. The NCAA Tournament is upon us. This is March. Shout out to my boy, John Rothstein, for the This Is March tweets. Need them all the time. But before getting into the NCAA Tournament, because we didn't get a chance to do the podcast last time, we got to take a minute to talk the Big Ten Tournament. We got to review, recap the game against Wisconsin. The Spartans made it all the way to the championship game, defeated in-state rival Michigan for the third time, completing a 3-0 sweep over the Wolverines in Chicago to become Big Ten Tournament champions. Final scoring that one 65-60. And really quickly, going around from that game, thoughts, takeaways about what happened. For for me, it's it's truly, I think, one of the biggest wins in Michigan State history to sweep your rival three times win a Big Ten regular season championship, win a Big Ten tournament championship. With the way this season has gone, just a huge win for Michigan State. And, I mean, honestly, not me, not a lot of the media pundits thought they were going to go that far in the Big Ten tournament. Well, it looked like Michigan at one point in the season was maybe heads and shoulders the best team in the conference, just in terms of on paper. But Michigan State surely came in there and just trumped all those notions. And like you said, the three-peat of a very good team like that is very tough to do. And and they seem to do it really pretty much every game. I mean, Michigan looked like every time that they were in control had a chance to win at least two out of three of those games in Michigan State's resiliency, especially down the stretch, I thought was was really impressive. And Cassius Winston has been doing what he's doing all season long and continuing to carry this team, especially in the biggest of moments. There's also a big bleep you to Joey Ellis for predicting the uh, the season sweep and then probably a win in the conference title game too. That was a 0 for 3 every, every game, and, and I'm fine with it. No, and it was, they were big-time performances, especially down the stretch in that last game. Uh, a couple of big baskets, which MSU really, for, for their money, Indiana on the road comes to mind. Um, maybe the end of the second Michigan game was when there were kind of winning time plays that needed to be made. I guess Purdue on the road kind of half counts too, but they weren't exactly in situations 
yet where they needed to score baskets at the end to win games. And, and two big clutch plays from Tillman and, and Winston get it done. I was surprised at that third win because for all their money, Michigan State probably looked like they were out of gas and, and, and Michigan kind of just cowered in that second half of the third game. And MSU, for their credit, took advantage. And it really surprised me how Matt McQuaid really came out of nowhere. He had a couple solid games earlier in the tournament, but he came out with 27 on a day when nobody else was really shooting. Kenny Goins made a could have been a candidate for an all-tournament team player, and he really just did not show up in that championship game. Matt McQuaid really showed up with a career-high 27 points. Yeah, but the one thing that no one brought up, which I was a little surprised about, the resilience of this team. Kyle Arns goes down. They go down even more points-wise. And then in the second half, I mean, with two guys in the boots on the bench, and they still somehow come back, win that game. I mean, this team's been through a lot, and they still continue to go through a lot. And they just continue to win games, which I think is, like, the biggest factor about this team. They never quit. They never give up. And, you know, that's why that's how you beat your rival three times in a season, and that's how you become Big Ten champs. I think you're exactly right. The resiliency of this team and what they've done to be shorthanded, to be doubted so many times this season, first with Lankford out for the season, then Nick Ward misses the last five games of the regular season. This team has found different ways to win, and Griffin, you hit on it. Before getting into my larger question about the depth issue going into the NCAA tournament, I do want to take a minute to talk about Kyle Lawrence's injury. comes down on the foot of Kenny Goins, and... X-rays came back negative. It was not a fracture, more of a bad sprain to his left ankle, but still out for uh, the foreseeable future. And before getting into depth, you look at that injury, and I think it begs the question of what a lot of people brought up before entering the Big Ten tournament of whether Michigan State should have gone on and played as hard as they could and played Winston so many minutes and, and won the whole thing, or maybe not necessarily given up but just tried not as hard to win this entire Big Ten tournament, which they ended up doing, but Kenny Goins, Cassius Winston, Matt McQuaid all have to play 30 minutes plus prior to an NCAA tournament that's going to push them to their limits. Well, I think anybody who follows Michigan State and knows Tom Izzo knows that, you know, they're not living in fear like that, that somebody, you know, you're going to run out of gas or you're worried about getting injured and and saving, you know, a game or two for, for your star players like Cassius Winston. So, I mean, it's tough to say looking back at it now, but obviously the injury to Arns is definitely going to hurt. Even in you know jumping ahead to the first round tournament game against Bradley, you saw moments, especially on both ends of the floor, where you really miss Kyle Arns and what he brings you, not just on the court, but in terms of leadership, all of that on the floor as well. So it's going to be bigger minutes for guys like Gabe Brown. I mean, even Connor George got some five or six minutes the other day against Bradley. So, I mean, can these guys step up when they're called upon? They don't quite have the experience that Arns brings to the table there. So definitely depth is going to take a hit. But really, once the tournament rolls around anyways, you're rolling with six or seven guys or whoever you feel most comfortable making a run with. So it's going to be impactful, but I don't think it's it's the end of the road for Michigan State. They still have a lot of pieces to work with. In hindsight's twenty twenty two, of course, knowing that the injury actually took place, I think does, does require you to look at the question of should they have played that hard. Other thing, too, is Arns was not necessarily at 100% by any means, maybe what, 75%, close, somewhere close to that, and, and was not his usual self. So, man, it's a tough injury to take. And, and the way the team was able to rally around it, McQuaid pops off in that second half after his, his roommate and his buddy goes down is a big deal. And maybe maybe this team, you almost get the sense that in a game like that, it, MSU's got that team of destiny feel to it a little bit too. Yeah, and I think that Matt McQuaid is 
is a consistent at least 35 minutes. I mean, and and he he played a lot of that championship game, but he did not seem like he was tired at all. It seemed like that game meant so much to him that he was just out there rolling. I think that Henry is really going to have to step up because Connor George, he's a fan favorite, but there's no reason he should be in an NCAA tournament game. I mean, he's going to give you maximum effort, but when Gabe Brown and Aaron, Aaron Henry are playing at their best, those are the guys that are going to go out there and make an impact. And Aaron Henry just did not show up in, in that Bradley game, especially in the first half. Yeah, real quick. I just think that, I mean, in that championship game, I mean, there's a reason to maybe, you know, let off the gas and just let Michigan coast. But also at the same time, you're playing Michigan. This is your number one rival. And those rivalry games, no matter where it is, when it is, I mean, they matter. They're really important. So, I mean, I think because of the team and because of the scenario, there's no way that Michigan State was just going to let up on on their rival. You, you can't. I mean, the amount of crap that Michigan fans would give us the whole rest of the season just because they beat us in the Big Ten Championship game, I mean, I, I think that's a big reason as to why they couldn't just stop. They had to keep going. Yeah, well, Spartans kept going, played all their players, played Winston, Goins, McQuaid, 30-plus minutes, went on to defeat the Wolverines 65-60. to Once again, the final score in that one to become Big Ten Tournament champions. A win there. It was on Selection Sunday, and a win there. I don't know if it earned them, but either way, the win ended up having them placed in Des Moines, Iowa, where we are currently as a two-seed in the East region, and they kicked off NCAA tournament play with a very dicey, very close win over Bradley. Final score was 76-65, not really uh, conclusive or showing of what it felt like really as we were sitting there watching that game. And in my opinion, it wasn't a great start to the tournament, and it showed some some issues and some holes I think Michigan State has. I think they they weren't necessarily ready to play. Winston, McQuaid, guys like that all looked kind of tired. Kenny Goins especially. I don't know how much his his tiredness has to do, but his legs just kind of looked gone. He was 0-7 from 3 in that game, didn't connect on any of his shots from beyond the arc, and him stepping out shooting that three is a big part of what gets this offense going, helps them stretch the floor, and if he's not shooting, that's a very bad problem for Michigan State, and it, it almost cost him here at Bradley, but of, once again, the play of Cassius Winston was huge down the stretch. Well, Bradley played him tight for 35, 36 minutes. Michigan State fans were having flashbacks of Middle Tennessee State just rushing to their minds there, uh, but like you said, Kenny Goins, I think that's the biggest issue right now, I guess, for Michigan State. 0 of 11 from downtown in his past two games, which is really a big issue because the way he was shooting it down the stretch really opened up that offense for Michigan State. They're able to run pick and roll, pick and pop with what really whatever the defense is throwing at him with, with him and Cassius Winston. So Goins definitely, I don't know if it's fatigue. He was still getting good looks. It was shots and looks that he was getting pretty much all season. He, they just weren't going down. And I mean, Matt McQuaid said to just keep sticking with the shot, keep firing him away because I mean, eventually they are going to fall down, but you just wonder for Michigan State, if they want to go where they think they can go, does that supporting cast step up when they need to? Because yesterday, for pretty much the bulk of the game, they really didn't step up. Matt McQuaid did late. Outside of Cassius Winston, it was really Xavier Tillman who was pretty much any bit of consistent offense down the stretch. Yeah, but I think that I think that supporting the supporting cast does stand up. Uh, I don't think MSU should panic in any way, shape, or form. I think, you know... 15 seed Bradley, sometimes, you know, when you're a team as high as Michigan State and you're playing a team as, you know, quote-unquote low as Bradley, you play down to your competition a little bit. So, 
I, I don't think the Spartans should panic or anything like that. I think they'll be able to get the job done. Like we said, I said, they're, they've been resilient all year. You know, things have happened to them. So Kenny Goins can't make a shot right now. What does that mean? I mean, they're going to find other offensive ways to get it done. I mean, I just, I can't find any way to really doubt the Spartans because, I mean, for the whole season, people could be doubting them with everything they've dealt with. Give Bradley credit because they really came out and played probably the best game that they could have played. They had a ton of fans in that mm -hmm. arena. It was definitely a Bradley-dominated crowd. The team was behind them, and especially in the second half, the start of the second half, they got that big dunk, and they went on. They went up, got a six-point lead, I believe, five or six, and there was some doubt starting to creep in. MSU just made the plays that they needed to make, and I was surprised that Bradley never really got out to a bigger lead after MSU came back and tied it. Bradley had a ton of foul calls in their way, gotten the bonus pretty early, but Bradley never really got to take that step forward, and that's how MSU's just talent increase was able to seal it for them. And, and fouls kind of affected the game um, on both sides, too. I don't really remember anyone being in specific foul trouble from Bradley other than uh, there's kind of six man off the bench, Nate Cannell. Uh, only played, I think, 20-something minutes after he usually averages around 30. MSU, I think, for the most part, they just dealt with what they had to. Aaron Henry picked up a couple fouls. Gabe Brown picked up a couple fouls. And then it was the Connor George show, just as uh, just as everyone predicted. Right, Joey? Connor George? You're didn't, big, see that, didn't see that coming. Five minutes, and I think Foster Lawyer had a minute and a half. It's um, <clears throat> it, it really, at this stage, it's win your games any way you can, any way you have to, get the job done and move on. Well, yeah, you said it. Survive and advance is the model of the NCAA tournament, and survive and advance is what Michigan State did defeating Bradley 76-65. to 65. And another talking point, and I don't want to sit on this for too long because I'm sure it's, it's given all of us headaches, but during that game, the, the clip goes around of head coach Tom Izzo for Michigan State berating Aaron Henry during the game, and the clip's gone viral. There's been a lot of people chiming in on the fact that Izzo yelling at Henry is not what he should be doing. It's not correct coaching. It's not the correct way to treat people or however you want to slice it. And, of course, all the, the beat writers, the people who have been around the team have various different things to say and that this is how Izzo has been coaching. It's how he works, and it's worked for years now. You look at guys like Draymond Green in the NBA who have pretty much gone toe-to-toe, head-to-head with Izzo at every point in their career and have become better players, have cherished Izzo, Izzo and the relationship they have with him. And, like I said, don't want to linger too too much longer on it. But for me, it's a very trivial thing, and I think it's just national media, people from outside who watched a game on, I think it was TNT or CBS, CBS, CBS big, audience. big audience, and they hadn't watched Michigan State basketball too much before, and they saw Tom Izzo do what he usually does and just took it the wrong way. He's, you know, he's, he's teetering the, the Bob Knight persona, but I don't think it's a bad thing. Wow. I, I mean, he's getting there. Wow. Not getting there, but you know what I mean. He, he's... Wow. He's on that end of the spectrum, I'll say. He's not your John Beeline, I'll tell you that. No, no any, one is John Beeline right. except But anybody who's Beeline. followed the team, anybody who just is familiar with Tom Izzo knows this is really nothing new. I mean, it had to be really something that Aaron Henry did that just, you know, ground his gears there and really made him just that upset. But he's also, at the same time, just trying to set a precedent, trying to set a message that, I mean, this is winner go home time. And he's never been a fan of the, the my bad if, your player saying my bad he's willing to live with if a team's out shooting you out of the gym there but the my bads and all that those are things that can be fixed those are things you work on in practice so like julian said it's it's trivial i think social media played a huge role in making it what it was i mean
mean, it was a, the driving headline for the past two days still is. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, you just look at the people or lack thereof who are transferring out of the program. Everybody knows what they're getting when they commit to play for Michigan State, and they know what they're getting out of Tom Izzo. It was a especially bad sequence for Henry when you think about it between the, the couple of turnovers, uh, an entry pass that led to a three. I mean, in no way was Aaron Henry trying to lose Michigan State the game and the way he was playing, but it, it was a stretch where an NCAA tournament game where this you, this team doesn't deserve to go out like it does, would to Bradley. In that moment, you've got to be upset if you're Izzo. And, and the other side of it, I don't remember which one of us said it, but it, it'll be funny to think about this in two to two and a half, three years when Aaron Henry could be playing at all Big Ten. You're Joe, you're pointing at yourself. When, when he's playing at all Big Ten level. And no one's going to sit there and, oh, man, Izzo did this, and it was such a great thing. They're going to be – they roast it now. They give Izzo crap now, and then it gets it goes away. And I think the team today, when we talked to them, tried to make it go away, and it'll probably be a, uh, CBS cutting to Aaron Henry more often than not every chance they get on, on Saturday night. But it, it'll be something that sticks with them for probably through Saturday night and then after that. I mean, you're right, Turk. It does always go away, and it's because it happens pretty much every game. Izzo always will have one of those moments. A lot of the times, it's with Henry or Gabe Brown this season because these are freshmen that don't have much experience, and they're put into a pretty high-impact role. I mean, Henry's playing big minutes there in the second half. He's just a freshman, and he doesn't maybe quite understand how big that moment is where the game is on either side, and he's not maybe hustling as much as he should. That's totally understandable for a coach to get into a freshman, especially. Yeah, and I think I, the biggest reason to see that the whole media is just freaking out about it, I mean, look at all the players that are supporting Izzo through Twitter and other various ways. I mean, no one has said, man, you know, this guy got in my gears when he was doing that. Not a single player. Draymond, uh, even Henry acknowledged it on Twitter. So I think that the fact that the whole media is freaking out about this, especially because this is what he does, this is what he has done for years now, I mean, I, I think it's a little ridiculous, but I think, I mean, it's just the national media seeing a story and just trying to capitalize on it. But, yeah, I, I, I don't think it's a big deal. The players obviously don't think it's a big deal, and so Michigan State will just have to move forward. Well, there we go. Glad we got to clear the, the air on that from the, the impact side of things. We I mean, could spend we could, like an hour on it. We really could. I mean, there's a lot to go through on that. Well, and who I would think, want to? Exactly. And, Joey, I do want to want to point to you because I didn't have the mic, but the Bob Knight thing, I don't think Izzo's teetering that, that area. But you talk about He's on that end of the spectrum. From that era, from that right. kind of way of coaching. And Izzo is there, of he's course. He's not throwing chairs yet. No. But he, he's he's closer to that end of the spectrum than, than the other. Very close, of course, to John Beeline and other coaches who are a little bit softer in the way they, they talk. But – Either way, Michigan State gets the win over Bradley. Izzo probably happy about that as his team survive, survives and advances to move on to the second round of the tournament, trying to get out of the first weekend for the first time in the past three seasons is Michigan State. But first, they got to get through a Big Ten rematch as they'll take on the number 10-seeded Minnesota Golden Gophers coming up pretty soon here, just a day away from that second round matchup against Minnesota, and you look at this Golden Gophers team, it's very different than the team that Michigan State faced earlier on this season. In that game, the Spartans won 79-55 at the Breslin Center. Uh, Amir Coffey and Jordan Murphy combined for just nine points on three of ten shooting from the field. 
but both players playing in a different way. Amir Coffey absolutely lighting it up over the past seven games for the Golden Gophers. 23 points per game is Coffey at 18 in their first round matchup against Louisville, an upset there over the seven-seeded Cardinals. And you look at this Minnesota team playing different basketball, better basketball. Are you at all worried for this Gophers team? I mean, it's a rematch. The Spartans have already seen them. It's not like they're going in playing a team from, say, the Pac-12 that they've never seen before from across the country. It's a Minnesota team that they've played before. Well, I think that's the was the tenor of the locker room from the players that the familiarity of this opponent, let alone being a conference opponent in the second round, you know, it, it can't hurt. This is a team who on paper, and you've already proved it earlier in the season that you you know you're, you're fully capable of beating. But granted, you know, once the tournament rolls around and, and you're winning games, momentum and all that and belief in your team is is huge. It's just the, the huge intangible that you really can't, you know, put a measure on. But I think Michigan State, they match up with them well. This is a, a Minnesota team that's not very deep at all. I believe one bench point they had. Zero bench points. Zero bench points from last game. They, they've got a, a strong starting five. They've got three very capable guys in McBray or Murphy and, and Coffee who were themselves could probably go for nearly 60 points combined. And then you add in a guy like Gabe Kelscher, who if he's playing like he did last time out with 24 points and the way he's able to shoot it from beyond the arc, they definitely present some problems. But I still think Michigan State matches up with them very well. It's it's a favorable second round. There are definitely worse second rounds in some of the other regions. Uh, but it's going to be a tough game. I mean, this it's 40 minutes or you go home. So you're really going to get everybody's best punch and and it should be another good game between these two. Just need to go with a clear head if you're MSU because there there are many roads you can take mentally after a, a close game against Bradley in a situation where probably momentum would have said you can go out there and wipe the floor with the Braves and instead you you sit there and play a tight game for 35 minutes. Coming out tentative is not the way to do it. Uh, and really getting the guys going that need to get going, Kenny Goins, Matt McQuaid, even a little Nick Ward too. Nick Ward, I think, is going to play a little bit more with the with the matchup problems that Minnesota plays inside. They're a very bigger, a little bigger, more physical team. They got Daniel Oturu there, the freshman six ten, who's an interesting guy. Not not the most skilled around the basket, but is a big body that Ward's going to have to keep track of. And and really, I mean, Xavier Tillman came along in the second half, so maybe this is going to be a situation again where the second half Michigan State comes along. It'll be a very interesting matchup, and Kyle, I think you hit on it, getting Kenny Goins going, Nick Ward going. Look at some of the stats. If I, if I got my math right over the last five, Kenny Goins is averaging seven points, 7.6 rebounds, but shooting nine of 32 from beyond the arc over the last five. So getting him going, stretching the floor with him is going to be huge. If you're the Spartans, and if you're Minnesota, you got to attack the bigs down low. Attack the bigs, attack the wing spot, because as we saw, if – Gabe Brown gets in foul trouble when Connor George has to play. That is a clear hole if you're Michigan State. Either way, setting up for what should be a very, very fun game. I'm not against the whole whole Big Ten rematch, as a lot of people are. I think this makes it for a very interesting game to see which team can add a new wrinkle to their game plan. It only seems it only seems right though that these teams should be playing like in the barn. 8 p.m. on a Tuesday on Big Ten Network or something. 8 p.m., baby. But now, we're, what is it? CBS? CBS. CBS tomorrow. All right. I'm not going to be mad. No. Kevin Harlan. Reggie Miller. Sure. Kevin Harlan. Dana. Nice guy. Kevin Harlan, great guy. Great guy. Great super guy. Nice, super nice guy. And shook his hand and everything. Wow. Yeah. I haven't washed my hands since. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> you <laughs> still, but you, you still didn't shake Reggie's hand yet. We haven't. Not yet. We haven't worked up the courage for that. All, yet. all I'm gonna say, we're gonna shake Reggie's hand and uh, expect the Impact X Turner Sports pick. Yeah. Coming later on the gram. Yep. And the Twitter Good and the job. Facebook. All Literally social medias. Get ready to see it, though. Michigan State will take on Minnesota tomorrow, Saturday, March 23rd, game at 7.45 Eastern, Central, I believe Central. Don't know my time anymore. 7.45 Eastern. Don't get all of this time zone changing stuff. Either way, Spartans will get set for that second round matchup, hoping to get out of the first weekend, breaking the, the bad streak of first weekend losses in the past three seasons, Cassius Winston and the Spartans looking to get it, get it done over the number 10 seeded Minnesota Golden Gophers. That's going to be it from Des Moines, Iowa. Season 6, episode 20 of Impact Izone is in the books at 7.55 p.m. in the Holiday Inn here in Des Moines. That's a Beautiful. big one. You'd love <laughs> to see it. Look outside and it's dark now. How do you feel about that, Kyle? You know, I'm pretty nonplussed about it. We got to get to Zombie Burger. We do. We gotta do have to. Got to get their stat. <laughs> get there ASAP. So we're going to end the podcast, Season 6, Episode 20. We'll see you guys next time with Season 6, Episode 21. Coming sooner than you think.